Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Libricupa. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricularist. Today within the Libricupa is Movie Monday, in which we discuss movies. More accurately, perhaps I discuss movies as you listen to me discussing them, presumably, if you are hearing these words. You could turn it off right now, and that statement would be false. However, please do not do that. Something I like to say at the top of every show, although I feel very important about it. Ness on... Mondays, Movie Mondays, is that there will be spoilers. You have been warned. This is your one, and probably, possibly, maybe, your only spoiler warning, so please take heed. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps... You pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes because that is what helps others find the podcast. I do believe I still need uh, two more Canadians, I should say, on that note, fellow Canadians, to rate. Because uh, it's only when you get five reviews that your reviews sort of show up as an average for others. So, please, please, please... I've tried to uh, bribe and threaten my friends, but they are not podcast listeners, apparently. The bastards. Not that I'm bitter, but I am bitter, you fucking sons of guns. (sighs) That will take us in to our last piece of podcast-related business, which is, of course, today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Anne Mal's... Apocalypse House Insurance Incorporated. Once again, today's sponsor is Anne Mal's Apocalypse House Insurance Incorporated. Call now. Okay, uh, today I have two, count of two, movies. So, I am going to make the attempt to get them done on the way to work. Uh, What we would consider a half episode. Although, so full. That's really... Let's consider this a full episode, and when I do to and from work as an episode, that's like two episodes of one, really, when you think about it. But don't think too long, because uh, we don't have a lot of time today. With that being said... Mm-hmm. Both the movies today I have start with the letter A, so today's episode also brought to you by the letter A. <sighs> Movie the first, Animal House, and Emo House, lovely. This is a movie that whenever you see, like, top 10, top 50, top 100 comedy movies of all time, it's guaranteed in the top 10, if not usually number one. Uh, Whether it deserves that, I think, is debatable. I think there is debate to be had about that fact. However, uh, it is funny, and it is good. And despite the fact that it's it's showing it year it's it's showing its years perhaps a little bit, especially with words like uh, retard 
uh, words like Negro, uh, repeated use of the word faggot, you know, that's kind of showing its age a little bit. Despite those facts, I think there's still, (laughs) geez, after saying that, now I get some angry responses. Despite those words being uttered in this movie, uh, I think there's still some fun to be had. Geez. Jeez Lois, or Louise, if you prefer. The Mrs. and I this weekend, uh, I will just mention, the Mrs. and I watched this together, if you can believe it, and she said she liked it. She said she did not mind it. Which, uh, if you are familiar with the Mrs.'s rating system, the, I didn't mind it, is, for a normal person, probably a four out of five. At least, say, a three and a half out of five. Uh, on her scale, though, uh, she said two and a half, which is which is uh, on the high side. She does not have movies that are fours or fives, basically. Her scale is five points, and yet no movies are rated four or five that I can di- that I can distinguish, anyways. Ridiculous! I'm trying to get her to my scale of three out of five for movies that you enjoyed while watching but would not watch again, because that kind of uh, makes a sort of logical kind of sense. And if we like sense in the liberal cube, which we do, we like the logical kind, most of all. Hmm. If you have not seen this movie, which Mrs. had not, uh, it is one of those movies that I think everyone should see. Movies like that exist, and I believe this is one of them. It is sort of the... uh, A way I thought you could look at it is sort of the prototype uh, to uh, Van Wilder, prototype to Revenge of the Nerds, Really, any sort of college movie. Old school, yeah, old school a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it was the first, but it was definitely the most popular early version of a college movie. (laughs) I said to the missus a whole bunch of times during this movie, oh man, I remember when I was in college to be a librarian, and this movie reminded me exactly of that experience. She would shake her head knowingly because uh, I don't know, and perhaps we can get a little audience participation here. If you have seen this movie or any sort of crazy college movie, I've seen a lot of them, and I don't recognize anything that happens in them that happened to me while in college. That being said, I went back when I was a little older, a little wiser. Mm, no. So uh, perhaps that explains it. The uh, the movie's basically, uh, you could kind of boil it down to good versus evil. Good, good, a, a sort of tarnished good, yeah, which is Delta House, the uh, rowdy fraternity in which all the quote-unquote good guys live and have their sort of shady dealings. See, they're, they're, they're the good guys, obviously, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I can exactly call them good per se. The bad guys are the Dean, Dean Wormer. So that's like they combine the word worm and then put an ER on it, just just so you really know he's a bit of a, a douche nozzle, uh, as well as the rich white folk in the fraternity next door. Those are the bad people, because rich white people are bad. Uh, what I've done here is kind of just written down the cast uh, because I figured that would sort of trigger a little bit what happens to them. Uh, the first people people we are introduced to are Larry, and uh, I'm just going to call them Dorfman, because that's a funny name. Larry and Dorfman are new to the college, freshmen, I do believe that is what that is called, 
and uh, are trying to decide which fraternity they want to join. Because apparently, and I don't know how true this is today, uh, back in the 60s, if you weren't in a fraternity, you were a nobody. So uh, is this story about them? Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of... But not really. Uh, it's much, much larger cast of characters. For example, Eric Stratton, who is the prototypical Van Wilder. He's the sort of ladies' man and a man's man. <laughs> Actually, that just reminds me of the this, this saying, um, women want to be with him and men want to be like him. Uh, that kind of dude. So Van Wilder, basically. There's his, uh, I guess you could kind of call it his right hand man, Schoenstein. Uh, he's good. He's an actor. If you see him, I bet you would recognize him. He's got, uh, I just felt like he had some good comedy timing, this guy. There is Bluto, who, of course, played by Mr. Belushi, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest star in this. A uh, guy by the name of D-Day. He <laughs> looked a little old to be still in college. Uh, there's Katie, who is Schoenstein's uh, lady friend. Katie went on to play, if you have seen the movie Scrooged, uh, played Bill Murray's love interest in that, that girl, uh, as well as Donald Sutherland. He was sort of the big name in this movie at that time in the 60s, whenever this came out. I think 69 it came out. I read a, a little bit about this when I was looking for uh, sort of the cast names, and Donald Sutherland sort of thought this movie was going to do horribly, uh, so he took like $70,000, I believe it was, as his sort of paycheck for the movie, although he was offered a percentage of what the movie made, would make, and thought, oh, this movie's not going to do anything, I want my money. Uh, if he had of taken a percentage instead, he would have got like three, four million dollars, because it made a shit ton of money uh, back in the day. Uh, I'm going to leave this behind, because my next movie I have a lot to say about, and I have wasted too much time on this, uh, with one final thought on this, and um, let me know if you think this could actually happen in real life, because I said to the missus, uh, I wonder if anyone's actually done this, because I, I feel like someone would see this movie and try it. Uh, and that is looking in the paper, uh, perhaps specifically the college papers, uh, and then seeing if a young lady died. Sad, I know. But this is a comedy. So once you see if the young lady died, you will see if perhaps she had a fiancé or a husband who sort of lived from their hometown. Okay, you're with me so far? You then go to that college looking for your wife or fiancé, saying, oh, I'm here to pick up my wife and give her name. Then the girls who sort of greet you from their dorm, uh, the deceased girl's friends will be so distraught over having to give you this news that they will then go out with you and potentially have sex with you. <laughs> Just, see, that's why when I say these are the good guys doing this, not exactly... Uh, squeaky clean goodness oozing out of their pores. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's leave that behind. Oh, rating! Uh, I better remember that. Um, I'd go... See, I debated giving it a 5 out of 5. So, that's my rating. I debate giving it a 5 out of 5. Uh-huh. Let's... 
I may give it a four, but maybe five, depending on certain things. Uh, if it's sunny outside, um, if my shoes are comfy, you know, things of that nature. Things that have nothing to do with the movie. Movie the second, which I'm going to probably run out of time talking about, is Apocalypse Now. Yes, in other A. This movie, before I forget, easy five out of five. Yeah, no, no hesitation whatsoever. This is my favorite war movie. This movie I have seen... Probably the movie I've seen the most, just repeatedly viewings, is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. This, I imagine, is second. Uh, I don't know if I'd go 20 times, but definitely I'd say in the double digits. And just sort of had a hankering to watch it, and had a Sunday in which I was up at goddamn 6 o'clock in the morning... I can't sleep in anymore, on that note. So I decided to pop it in and watch the 2001 Redux, which I'm not quite sure what that stands for, but I believe it was longer than the original 60s theatrical release. Was this in the 60s or 70s that this movie was released? Kind of went a little uh, little old school on this movie. Monday. Why not? Sometimes it's nice to dip into the past and see what movies were like. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not good. These were good. Uh, this is based on a book, Heart of Darkness, which I always mean to read. Huh. Uh, Jordan, mental note to yourself. Read that book. All right. Mental note complete. Uh, stars Charlie Sheen. Basically, how I like to boil this down is Charlie Sheen is a army dude. Uh, sort of a little assassin-y. Yeah. A dusting of assassin-y in his character. He is sent upriver to kill guy. That is your story. It takes place during the Vietnam, the Vietnam uh, War or conflict, if you prefer. <laughs> and I think, for me, anyways, the best war movies are quite often ones that take in Vietnam, take place in Vietnam. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just a little bit of the the hippy dippy ness to it sometimes, such as in this one where. Uh, smoking pot, doing a little acid. The man in question that... Did I say Charlie Sheen? I meant to say Martin Sheen. If I, if I did say Charlie Sheen, for some reason I think I did. Uh, Martin Sheen, the older of the Sheens, although not in this movie, he was still a pretty young guy, uh, is sent up river to kill Colonel Kurtz, who you probably know, because I assume most people know, at least of this movie, was played by Marlon Brando. He is a colonel who's sort of gone rogue. He's gained a following with some army folk, but mostly sort of natives in Cambodia, and they sort of look upon him as a god. He has quite clearly, and is very, very good in this movie, quite clearly gone insane. Just totally friggin' lost it. There's a, there's a part where he talks about a, and I think this was the weirdest part for me, he talks about a slug crawling across a razor blade, and just the, the the craziness wafting off of his acting is uh, is something everyone should see. Most of this movie is Martin Sheen in a boat with others traveling up this river, and it's all about their journey, which I think is part of the reason why I like it so much. I've talked quite a bit. I think it usually comes up in book Wednesdays more than anything else, that I love a good quest. Usually, a quest is sort of fantasy-related, 
this one very firmly entrenched in reality, but I think that has a lot to do with why I love it so much. I'm going to run out of time, I kind of knew I would, but hey, I've said most of the important things. Let's uh, talk about, before I get to work, uh, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is probably my favorite character in this. He plays kind of this crazy, is he a general? Colonel? General. I believe a general. He has the, the, the quote about the smell of napalm in the morning, smells like victory, love that. Charlie don't surf. Charlie is what um, the Americans, and I presume other people fighting on the side of the Americans, called the Vietnamese and Chinese and Japanese and everyone like that, called them Charlie. I wonder where that comes from. I don't really get it. It is very, very not nice to say. Although it's just the name, Charlie, so I wonder why it's so bad. Hmm. Uh, the ship captain... It, it's I, sh I, I said ship, but I should say boat, because it's kind of a, I don't know, 20, 30-foot boat going upriver. The movie has a young, very, very young, so young he's almost hard to recognize Lawrence Fishburne as one of the guys on the boat. There's Chef. Chef uh, will advise you, do not... Get off the boat. There are tigers, is why. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm at work, so let's uh, let's just leave it with Chef's sort of immortal words: Do not get off the boat, um, because it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.